everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Crime and Coffee Couple. My name's Allison. And I'm Mike. Hi, Mike. Hey, babe. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm a little under the weather, so sorry if I'm clearing my throat or well, I know there sounding was, a little froggy. There was that one guy that said you were very whiny and nasally in our review. No, so. he didn't say that. He said I talk through my nose. Oh, I just say you're whiny. Yeah, That's you right. say I'm whiny. Yeah, he yeah, says sorry. I talk through my nose. My That's bad. the difference there. It's hard. Yeah, you know, I get those confused. So I took up smoking um, Marlboros. I pull the filter out now. Oh. I really want to hit it hard. I've never been a smoker in my <laughs> life, but I thought, you know what? I'm edging on 43. Now is the time. Now is the time. Yeah, you should try camels. I think those are kind of Oh, cool. that's what I have. Well, you know, you said I said Marlboros. Yeah. I'm sticking with the Marlboro Reds. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like those. the hit it gives me. Yeah. Well, you sound good. <laughs> Keep it up. I think it's necessary. You know, all those like good singers and crooners. They yeah. Hit that like, raspy. Frank Sinatra, you know, he mm-hmm. smoked. Everybody I, smoked back Yeah, then. he was a smoker. I all everybody Big did. drinker too. Yeah. Like it was kind of like coming out of the womb. You're smoking. You yeah. Know, and to dumping the ashtray on your pregnant belly. <laughs> exactly. Kind of yeah. Thing. Yeah, so uh, welcome to the show. Um, please follow us on Instagram or Twitter if you'd like to chat with us, send us a note, whatever. Uh, that's Crime and Coffee 2. That's what you can find us as, the number two. And um, yeah, hey, we've got um, some real momentum, it seems. Like a lot of people listen to us on all sorts of different platforms and Audible and Spotify and obviously Apple Podcasts and all that. Um, Lily, we have a brand new uh, Patreon, Lily. Um, Colleen uh, increased her donations, which I, you're crazy, Colleen. What a so, lovely woman. Yeah, you don't have to do that stuff. It's just anything. If you really appreciate us, that that's fine. And if you can't donate, that's cool, too. Just like tell a friend or something and leave us a five-star review. Okay? Yeah, we appreciate it so yeah, much. That's all we ask. Thank you again so much. So, um, What's uh, been going on with you there, fella? Oh, you know everything. Um, I've been traveling this week. I was in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, so that was a little like work conference going on out there. And was there for like three days, so that's that's usually a little longer than I like. But um, and a quick shout out to our friend Lauren, who's uh, who. <laughs> who was also traveling for work and she got stuck in Atlanta for um, like the Atlanta airport for like eight hours or flight something close to that. Her flight kept getting canceled and she was going to rent a car, but then she'd be driving through a storm. So she wanted to wait it out yeah. and she's currently on the road. She's a loyal listener too. And she's hosting a brunch this afternoon. God bless her. So I will be attending said brunch, but the poor girl, she's a trooper because the last thing in the world I would want to do after what she's been through is host people at my house. Yeah, it's one of those uh, parties where you sell like clothes and stuff. So yeah. other people are counting on her too, which sucks. Like it's not just like you could be like, well, I'm not having my thing. It's like I'm not having your thing at my house. Exactly. Like, you, know, you can start to sell stuff to my friends and you know. But it would be totally reasonable if oh, she did course. bow out. Absolutely. But I, I know her. She's kind of, she you know, doesn't want to let people down. She's, yeah. But uh, you wouldn't either way. But yeah, I was in Nashville and um, it it was just um, you know standard stuff, talking to a bunch of people and you know clients and stuff. It was it was fine. So just glad to be back home and um, you know going to be working. I don't have another trip I think scheduled. Well, that makes me happy because I'm telling you, ladies, uh, working as a single parent, oh, it, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. But luckily, I have neighbors that help out. And the worst is though when you're getting under the weather and you have kids, it's like it doesn't matter if you're sick. Your kids don't care. Well, like our daughter cares. Our son, like I said, would walk over my dead body on the floor. Well, and you kind of yelled at me yesterday because um, I was kind of propositioning you a little bit. And uh, you're nice, like, Mike, real classy, <laughs> as men or people do in these times and days. And, <laughs> in these uh, times and days, yeah. And you were like, uh, "Oh, real nice." Instead of that, you should have been offering to make me tea. 
And I was like, that is true. I But at the same time, like yesterday, you didn't sound sick. The past like few days, you didn't sound sick at all. It was all inside. Actually, I feel better today. I sound worse, but I feel better. It was just like achiness. It was trying to get out. A, it, was oh, like the, the, it was miserable. And I don't do well being sick because I am the type of person that I go from the second I wake up until I go to bed. Yeah, you don't give yourself a rest. And I don't. And even being sick, I was home Friday because I was off of work because I worked Wednesday. And... Even then, I just like push through, but I, inside I'm like, oh my god! Right, and I no, that's it's not because I don't care; it's because, or I don't think that you're actually sick. It's just I forget, you know, because you're actually going around. And you seem totally fine until you're like, oh, I feel rough, and I'm like, oh yeah, she's sick. And so I was like, okay, so I made a note. I'm like, um, you want tea? You want tea? Yeah, you want tea? And, the and then tea. you made the tea and then left it up on the counter. I'm like, how's my tea coming? And I always will say it. I will say it again. If ever I'm a quadriplegic, I will die very soon. Yeah. I will have wounds. I will be dehydrated and emaciated. Right. It's not because you don't care. No. It's because you forget. Yeah. I'll get into something else like tinkering in the you know upstairs or something. No, there's no tinkering. Well, it's all on tinkering. your phone. Oh, a phone or video game of some sort. You know, <laughs> some kind of an entertainment uh, piece. Um, yeah. I've been getting into some, uh, some games. I saw this. Oh, I got first class on both ways he's so fancy yeah yeah it was kind of nice because i'm you know part of the you know gold of american airlines Ooh, which he's is gold which is wow. it's like the first level so it's not like super high so what's the top level like elite platinum, platinum platinum elite or something it's like gold platinum platinum elite platinum elite plus like platinum elite executive there's like all these platinums that like oh wow like unless you're flying like Two, two, three times a week, you're not hitting those. Basically. It must be Nigel with the brain. Well, you get on an upgrade list, and if there's availability <laughs> in first class, then you get put into first class. Did you get brie and champagne? Uh, no, no, just got a gin and tonic one way. Caviar? Just, I didn't even want it. No, I got nuts. Nuts oh, and seeds, nuts. like nuts and seeds, uh, and I think cranberry little things. But wow. yeah, I was I was hoping for like a you know, pork tenderloin or something. So Not you had gin that. and tonic just because you could. Yes, you and didn't even want it. The way there, I had a water because it was early. The way back, I just got a gin and tonic. Didn't want it. Just wanted to get free first class. Um, so there was one guy in first class. I was like, hey, keep him coming, and gave him like a twenty dollar bill. And oh, he just God, kept, kept the douche. Well, no, that's what you got to do if you want. And keep him coming. Well, His penis is probably micro. You say that in front of our kids way too much. Way too well, much. Well, it's the truth. They definitely know about small penises. From what? Guys that rev their engines and mm-hmm. big trucks, I believe. Anyone who's being obnoxious in their car. Um. So, yeah. And sorry for anybody that has big trucks with a with an average Or if size you have penis. a micro penis, I'm sorry, too. And yeah. I don't know if you do. So and it's, it's not okay. their fault. It's not their of fault. Of course, it's not their fault. But I don't want to hear your damn engine revving. Right, right. You know, you were born with the micro penis. Or what are you going to do about it? <laughs> That's not very nice. And uh, oh, there's also some like <laughs> listeners. I meant to l- mention there's somebody on Audible that left a review that said um, they're a Packers fan, which is um, if anybody knows, I'm a Chicago Bears fan. We are we, Chicago Bears household. True. I have a, a Bears tattoo on my butt. So yes, it's you do. And he mentioned me. He said, Mike, you know, I'm a Packers fan, but still listen to you guys anyway. We appreciate you. Even if you're a Packers fan, we don't respect your choice of team. Right. Hey, some of my better friends are Packers yes. fans, so it's it's okay. It's, it's all in good fun. Yeah, exactly. It's a game. Yeah. Sorry to keep on going, but what's uh, how's your week looking? I mean, I guess we kind of talked about you. Yeah, anyways. just feeling crummy. It's just it's just sucks. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. I'm feeling better today, so you know what are you gonna do? You yeah. just gotta put one foot in front of the other. You got to put my parents one are here foot too. In front of the other they came up for the weekend. The down, down, Thanks, down. Mike. We all know the song. That, it was Talking Heads? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So I wanted to get this podcast started. So I'm like, we got to record at 7 a.m. And then this Nimrod here. You're pointing at me <laughs> for those not watching on video. 
Oh, we also have a YouTube channel. People are subscribing to that. So we're, we're putting them out more regularly now. So. Do people say Nimrod anymore? Uh, no, but that's good use. I like using things from the old days. That's good. <laughs> you have your alarm set for like 644. When I say I want to record at 7, you're setting your alarm for 644. And then you're telling me a couple more minutes. I cannot and I will not wake up. I first said alarm. that's fine. Set it earlier then. No. Yes. <laughs> That's your that's your answer. I, no. I'm telling you, if I get through this lifetime without murdering you, it's going to be a freaking miracle. Uh, oh, and yeah. speaking of our friend Lauren, oh. she knows you very well because she works with you. She's your boss. Yeah. So she can really sympathize with me and how you are with your podcast researching to the last minute. Oh, yeah. I, I mentioned that to her. And she's like, oh, yeah, I can. Totally she see. told me she's like, I sympathize with you. I need a I need a deadline for things to happen. So, yeah, that's um, I'm not one that like plans a lot. I just know I'm going to get you fly by the seat of your pants and you get it done i do and you do do it well so far so far it's just not how i work but that's okay not everybody has to be like well like yeah for instance real quick yesterday you're like can you set up all the stuff because we set up and tear down every time we set up stuff for the youtube channel we don't have like a dedicated podcast room we use your office right right we will at some point but um yeah so so i set it all up i'm like i would never even do this because it takes about five ten minutes before we actually do it so I was like, this is not me at all, but I'm doing oh, it to please my wife. this is not me at all. I'm just going to do this for my crazy wife. Because I know in her head that she wants something done. And I didn't do it enough, I'm sure. Because no, I you didn't. I didn't set up the microphones. I did set up the stands that you see here. There's a camera. There's microphones a weren't set up. Headphones weren't. There's, there's a lot of things. We folks, always okay? say Mike never goes from A to Z. He goes from A to Y. A to Y. Yeah, because it's mostly like, enough. You'll unload the dishwasher and leave two cups out. Not on purpose. Again, I get distracted. <laughs> I like sound Mike, like a complete, a, to Z. a complete idiot and moron. I don't know how I'm <laughs> functioning and have you know just my faculties well i love you you're a successful handsome charming man yeah and i wouldn't change a thing about you successful in family we're coming up on 20 years of marriage we must be doing something right and we've been together for 25 years and what i say is i still like her oh i was watching the show euphoria which is on hbo max wowza that's a heavy one and i'll keep this quick but they were talking about high school relationships and the one guy was like when it ends and the girl says you mean if and he goes no i mean when things that start in high school do not last and i'm like that's not true oh your parents mike and i met no your parents didn't meet in high school what Uh, the hell are you talking about i mean your parents and us yeah my parents my dad was a floozy my mom was a floozy (laughs) you always said she had to move to atlanta because she slept with all the guys in chicago yes she moved to chicago chicago banged all the guys there moved to atlanta (laughs) banged most of the guys there came back met my father in a bar uh, probably drunken you know probably don't remember their first encounter first kiss whatever all that stuff but yeah that's okay and i'm completely not like that at all so we met when we were 16 my parents met when they were 15 Mm -hmm. so my so parents they, met when they were like 30. So again, Mike, I might be just j- joking on you, but I do respect you as oh, a person. thank you, my love. Yeah, I like you a lot. I like you too. <laughs> All right, on that note, let's get started. Let's do it. So this is a story of the Newell family murders. That sounds familiar, Newell. I did not know of this story. Hmm. Um, so Elizabeth and Nicholas Newell were a wealthy couple. They raised their two sons in Jersey. Now you might think, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when I say Jersey. Jersey Shore, Jersey the Housewives. Yeah, you think of the state of New Jersey. No, this is a different. Ner- I'm sorry, this is a different Jersey, but New Jersey actually got its name from this place. Oh, wait, where is this? Off the UK. It's um. Oh. 
So it's part of the Channel Islands in the English Channel off the French coast of Normandy. And if I can say, we do have a number of um, listeners in the UK. It's so confusing to me between England and UK and Great Britain and Ireland and Scotland because they're all part of like UK, I guess. Right? Yeah, it is a little confusing to me because I've never been there. Yeah, and that's my problem. If I've been there, I'm I'm good. I have a friend from England too. So I mean, I can talk to him and kind of, I'm sure he'll he'd be more than happy to tell me all about it. I want to go to England so bad. So Jersey in the overseas yeah. over there. Okay. Yeah, so it's part of the Channel Islands in the English Channel, like I said, off the French coast of Normandy. So Jersey is pretty ritzy. It, it houses some of the richest people in the UK. It's a small island. It's about nine by five miles. Hmm. And actually, the term Jersey's referring to sweaters came from this place. Whoa, really? Yeah. Huh. I guess it's famous for their wool. Wow. Interesting, right? So like a Jersey, like in sports Jersey? Yeah, it's the terminology Jersey. They're referring to sweaters. Yeah, sure. Which we don't day, call sweaters jerseys, but... Well, no, back... Oh, okay. But, but I mean, back in the day, all, even... Like, yeah. Like sports jerseys were sweaters. They were. So they call them jerseys. Yes, this, this comes from Jersey. Wow, neat. So I had never heard of this place, but it's it's really pretty. It's it's an island, obviously. It's surrounded by water. It's beautiful. Um, so of course it's expensive to live. So the um the couple met and married in 1963. Um, they didn't mean to settle in Jersey. It was kind of an accident. So they settled there in 1967. Um, to give you an idea of what they're like, Nicholas Newell came from old Scottish money. His family was involved in the shipbuilding business. Elizabeth Newell had inherited money from her parents who were successful farmers. Ah, so both of them had some money to bring they, in. They did, money. yes. And they both um, worked as teachers, but they resigned from their positions in 1968. When you come from money, you get to resign when you're young. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's one of the... Perks. perks right and they purchased a yacht another oh. perk well you got to do that of it's coming for I mean, money what are you going to do all day if you don't have a yacht exactly so they happened to be on holiday um they took a year off to sail how amazing would that be uh it's kind of scary it would be scary but if you're prepared mm. and you're tracking the weather properly yeah, I, I think you're okay i get the freedom and everything i get where people would want to do that not for me just not for what me. just not knowing if something can happen at sea yeah yeah it's like yeah so, i can see that it's like i'm not meant to be hanging out on the sea i love water i love swimming i love scuba and scuba is i mean i've never actually scuba dive but i, I would, you would love like to. to and you need to yeah for sure thank you and um that's nice of you to say um support my needs i do want to support you and i know you would never do it but um I, no i would scuba i just don't want to go deep right Okay. Well, we'll see. It and, scares uh, the hell out of me to think of all that space between me and the top of the water. You can't get up. If yeah. You to. Yeah. I wouldn't go super, super deep, but enough where it'd be interesting. But anyways, like water out in the open sea is just scary to me. It is scary. But again, if you're well-researched and educated, you're fine because you know the weather systems. You know yeah. what to expect. I just feel like I, you know, if I was hiking somewhere, then I could like, okay, I see a cell coming in. I could run. I could find some shelter. In the water, it's like, you got what yeah, you got. You're stuck. You're screwed. Yeah. So um, they were out at sea. They were planning on sailing from Scotland to the West Indies, hmm. like down by the Caribbean. I never, you know, every time I hear the West Indies, I think of like way back in history class. Well, like, they sailed to the Indies. I'm like, oh, okay. I am a geography moron. Yeah, so I have to look things certified up. Certified moron. Because again, if I geography. haven't been to a place, I don't know it. Right. Well, so I had to literally look, okay, where would they have gone from Scotland to the West Indies? Well, they were 
in route, but their son, Mark, became ill, so they had to stop in Jersey oh. while they fell in love. Oh, cool. So they decided to stay there and raise their kids. I mean, that's great. So the couple got um, part-time teaching jobs. They purchased a home. I guess it was called a crow's nest because it was like way up at the top. So they got part-time teaching jobs after they stopped? Yeah. Okay. And so, once they settled and yeah. made it their home. Got it. So they bought a house called the crow's nest. It had absolutely amazing views of the island. I love houses that have like names already. Yeah, it's really cool. I always wanted to name our house. Let's do it. And I don't know if it's like a cottage thing because obviously I, I love the movie the holiday and they name their houses what is the name of the cottage in the holiday um what is hers is it rose cottage no maybe um you're putting me on the spot and then he uh what jude law has his cottage has a name too i I can't think of it off the top of my head it's one of my favorite movies but um and they also purchased a villa in spain oh i mean they are living the life wow beautiful house in jersey a yacht in a villa in spain i mean it doesn't get much better than that no but of course we know i'm talking about the story so things don't stay good for the newell family Mm. kind of wondering where it happens yeah so um those that knew the couple said that elizabeth and nicholas loved life they had a big zest for life um elizabeth was described as jolly a happy person who loved to enjoy herself they were you could tell in their pictures they love to party they love to have fun mm. kind of the opposite of me <laughs> I, like, I like to have fun well, but you're not really known as somebody who loves to enjoy herself you're I'm more just, like known as somebody who likes to stress herself out and just like you know always get things done like the just they were very very social yeah and um, like the great gatsby's like just having parties i don't even know who the great gatsby's are but i saw the the leonardo dicaprio movie so i have a good idea and i guess when you only have a part-time teaching job you can do you you can handle these like little raving well yeah i think the part-time teaching job was just something to do yeah maybe and just a little bit of income i don't know but they were big into investing too you have to be yeah to be really rich like truly rich you have Mm -hmm. to own things that make money called assets you need assets to be able to make you money while you're sleeping yeah your money needs to make you money that's how you're you're truly rich is if you have things making money while you're sleeping well we need to do that i need something to make me money while i sleep well you gotta buy it that's okay let's buy it right oh we need money to do that damn oh (laughs) foiled again here we are so um like i said she led elizabeth led a very active social life this social life obviously when you have two children that's the problem something has to give i have a full-time job i have a family i have two kids i'm going to choose to focus my attention on certain areas then Obviously, other areas are going to give. Personally, my social life has has had to give a little bit because I want to be there for my kids. Well, well someday the kids are going to be grown up, and then you won't have any. Friends. Oh, I make. I'm going to a brunch with my girlfriends. I'm going away for next weekend with my girlfriend. I don't like good. diss okay. my friends, okay. but it's just they're they're focusing their attention on their social life. Obviously, their attention is going to falter from their kids. So it was, you know, often separating the parents from the children. The boys were sent to boarding school in England. They themselves, when they were younger, went to boarding school. So they kind of carried on the tradition. They sent their boys. The cost of the school was about 30,000 pounds per year. The boys didn't excel in academics, though they were very good in sports. They were very social, but they didn't like boarding school at all Thirty thousand pounds a year sorry to stop you here you probably don't know but no I, I don't know um i think a pound is in the area of a, a u.s dollar 
So, you know, it's 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 not like pesos or something where it's thousands off. So It's pretty close, yeah. I mean, this is in the late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. So, uh that's pretty expensive for that back then. It is. You got to think at least 15,000 US dollars at least. Let's just like assume it's half. And uh, And wow. again, that was like probably back in the mid 70s. I mean, that's expensive now. If not like so. maybe it was upper 70s. Right. But it was. It was very expensive, so they were investing all this money in their kids' education. Like I said, that's what they did when they were young. Sure. So, again, the boys loathed boarding school. So their resentment of the situation grew when they were forced to stay in the UK during the summer holiday um, when their parents were traveling. Mm -hmm. So they would often stay with their uncle, um, Nicholas's brother, Stephen, or their aunt, Elizabeth, which was Nancy's sister. I picture like um, uh, Ebenezer Scrooge type thing where they're like, goodbye, you know, when he's a little little kid. I mean, it is. That's really what it was. And I don't know if I said it right, but it was Aunt Nancy. So they either stayed with Uncle Stephen or Aunt Nancy when their parents were out and about. Okay. They called their Aunt Nancy Nan. Okay. So the boys, r- really, they were rarely seeing their parents. Hmm. Um, and meanwhile, their parents were enjoying time at their hilltop house in Jersey. They were either on their yacht or at their vacation home in Spain. And I'm sorry, why didn't they see their parents? Why did they stay with them? Just because the parents were busy? The parents were often, like, if they were on a school break, the parents could be on their yacht somewhere. Well, come back and see your kids. That's just the thing. I mean... I prioritize my children as first. I guess like it's different time a little bit. You know, they didn't prioritize their kids as much. Yeah. And I mean, it depends too where you go. Like you could go to New York City where there's ritzy areas and all you see are nannies. Yeah. You know, so there's people that are so busy in their careers that their children are basically being raised by their nannies. Right. Yeah. So that happens. Sure. Um, I just never wanted that for my children. I wanted to be the one that was there. So, um, like I said, the parents were splitting their time between the three places, Jersey, Yacht, Spain. Okay. So, they often spent their uh, winters in Spain, and the couple themselves, they were very close, very loving, but oftentimes the same affections weren't expressed toward their their sons. It's not that they didn't love their kids. Hmm. It was just their focus wasn't there. Uh, that's I don't like that at all. No, it's sad. Yeah. Um, by the early 1980s, Roderick... Oh, I'm sorry. I never even mentioned the name of their sons. It's Roderick and Mark. Oh. Cool. Yeah. Roderick, like uh, from Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Yes, sir. Exactly <laughs> what I thought of. See, I read the finest classics. You um, got it. Yeah, no, our, our kid loves uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Yeah. So. so by the er- early 1980s, Roderick and Mark were in their teens. Elizabeth and Nicholas were spending the majority of the year in Spain. So Aunt Nancy would come to Jersey to be with the boys, even at Christmas. So, you know, major holiday like Christmas, they weren't even with their parents. So their mom was practically Aunt Nancy, you know. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. I I don't have a lot of respect for <coughs> parents that have kids. And well, it's like, why have kids? Yeah. I mean, now, it, like you said, if you're super busy and, you know, you choose your career, that you know, that's one thing. But I think they have enough free time where they can spend them with their kids. Yeah, and, they were having fun in their free time. Yeah. And I always think that, you know, kids didn't ask to be born. So you kind of have this responsibility. Whether right. you like it or not, you know, they're your children. And, and once you do have kids, your priorities just shift. Right. Everything focuses. Not everything, because you ha- again, you have to have a life. There has to be balance. You know, you don't want to like ram your head up your kid's ass, and then they go off to college, and you're like, "Who am I? What am I doing?" Yeah, you can't be. You a still have to have an identity outside of your kids, right? Sure. But you know, their focus was like really 
elsewhere. Yeah, just having fun. Yeah, and it's not that they were bad pe- people. You know what I'm saying? They just... Yeah, it's up to for debate, I would yeah, say. I guess it is. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, they weren't with their kids at Christmas. They knew they wouldn't be, so they would pre-buy their gifts and hide them in drawers in the house. And then when they would talk to Mark or Roderick, they would say, okay, here's where your presents are. Mm. But who cares? You know, sometimes <laughs> even when you're a kid, you're like, whatever, I just want to be with my family. Well, it's yeah. like makes Nicholas and Elizabeth feel better that they bought things, but it's like, that's not the same thing. No, it's not. You know, you can't buy love no so as they finished school roderick and mark felt pushed aside you know kind of rightly so by their parents they felt it wasn't fair how they had been treated by them on the other side elizabeth and nicholas were feeling let down because their kids didn't excel in school as they wished they would Hmm. after spending so much money on their private education yeah so um school's not for everybody man exactly you know some people just School is just a test of like how well you can take tests, basically. It really is. And obviously, you have to do your homework and stuff like that. It's just tough because you're sitting in a desk for so many hours of the day. It, just, it seems you know, so unnatural. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's better ways to do it. Yeah. Like, you know, hundreds of years ago, there wasn't like sitting there for nine hours a day listening to like arithmetic and well, know, and the whole like <laughs> gen eds in college. Like, I just remember the first two years of college. I'm like, what in the hell am I taking sociology for? I already did this. Like, like I'm going into nutrition. You're right. You're right. And it's like 15, 20 grand a year, uh, just wasted money. And I'm sitting in the psychology class at like eight o'clock at night. And this guy's like, um, ugh, rabbits and carrots. Yeah, like wasn't even a good teacher. He, he was a horrible teacher. Like he couldn't formulate a sentence. And I'm like, oh my gosh, just spit it out. I remember you saying icy cream. Icy cream. Mm-hmm. He's like, so say you're going to spend $2 on icy cream. Like, <laughs> was so I funny. can't concentrate because you say ice cream funny. Icy cream. Yeah. Oh, he was just a bad teacher. I don't care about his accent, but his teaching skills were subpar. Um, So yeah, school is tough. It's not for everybody. But yeah, the Newells were kind of feeling let down. However, despite, you know, not being stellar in school, Mark did end up being successful. He had a good uh, career in finance. He worked for one of Jersey's main international banks. Hmm. Mark was described as clever, sharp, and capable of making large amounts of money. He was very focused. He was shy, introverted, and rarely with women. And one of the documentaries I listened to said he was basically described as asexual. Didn't really show any interest in either sex. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, that's happening more and more, like I would say. Like, a lot of kids aren't interested in dating and sexual stuff or going to look for girls or guys. I don't know if that's, like, self-preservation because you're scared to put yourself out there. Yeah, it might be. You're right. Um, Because it's hard to put yourself out there. But now I'm worried about shy and introverted. Yes. So so he he was a shy and introverted person. Introverts are fine, you know, but just you got to get out there. Well, what do they always say? Isn't it always the quiet ones? Right. That's what uh, now it's like. So however Mark was, Roger was kind of on the other end of the spectrum. Mm. He was um, a ladies man. He was handsome, dashing, attracted many women. Wow. As confidence often does. Oftentimes it's not even about your looks. It's about your confidence. Look at me like i look terrible but i can probably you know i mean I, i'm rolling my eyes right now just so you know yeah well that's fine i've always done pretty decently like maybe not as recently you know i used to say hell that chick's looking at me i get a lot less of that now well we are 43 years yeah. old or 42 yeah and you haven't heard me say it recently you'd always be like oh yeah that girl was looking at you but I'm i like, wouldn't say it like that to make you feel bad no but. no but you're you're always like oh you think everybody's looking at you and i'm like <laughs> well not everybody but i notice when a girl catches my eye and she looks stares a little bit longer than usual i'm like well 
there's something potentially there. And I, you're so totally right. You have some confidence. You get a little funny, and like the world is your oyster as a totally as a man. Basically, it's it's so much more about confidence and sense of humor. That's yeah. that charms people. I mean, I don't care if you look like freaking David Beckham. If you have the personality of a shoe, I'm not going to look twice at you. Well, you might do something once or twice, perhaps. But, but I'm talking like longer term relationships. Right. Right. Yeah. True. But um, it's funny because, like you said, I would say to you, oh, you think everyone's looking at you, whereas you'd be like, oh, that guy just looked at your butt. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> I would, like, never see myself as somebody that, like, people would look twice at. Uh, she has a great butt, folks, just so you know. Thanks, Mike. It's wonderful. I do a lot of squats. I saw it earlier. Yeah, I was getting dressed this morning. She Thank was. you. And yeah. my perverted octopus arm husband. <laughs> I swear he's like a 15-year-old. <laughs> so um, Roderick decided on a career in the British Army and ended up joining the famous Royal Green Jacket Infantry Regiment. Ah, that's like the Green Berets or something like it's something or Navy SEALs kind of thing. That's a very, very highly thought of position. So he went in that direction. That was Roderick? Roderick, yes. Okay. So he was taught how to kill and handle interrogation while in the army. Hmm. Despite being in the army, Roderick's discipline wasn't always on point. He often challenged authority and he regularly smoked pot at his barracks. Whoa, what a bad person. <laughs> so bad. What a terrible human being. But this, had he been caught, this really could have gotten him discharged. Back then, that was a big deal. So he really was defying authority by choosing to do this. Yeah. And right on the army bass. Right. Bass. <laughs> Again, folks, I've not been feeling well. I've been very clumsy lately. Slapping the bass. You told me yesterday, you're like, I'm a little concerned about I you. I kind of am. Like, if a stroke's coming, then I, there's lots of signs here. So. <laughs> there's not a stroke coming. I just don't feel good. Like, Allison has her shit together for the family. And if we lose her, we are completely screwed. Because, like we said, I'm not good at keeping things together. Like, you give me a couple, like, things to do. Yeah, compartmentalize, no problem. But the whole thing, it's going to go down pretty quick. So, we'll see. This ship is, this ship is sinking. Hey, send some thoughts in Paris for me, folks. Please. So, he really was... um like playing with fire by smoking on the army base. But, you know, that's just his MO. He was a kind of a wild child. Mm -hmm. So during this time that Roderick lived on the army base, Mark lived in his own flat in Jersey. His parents remained up in the crow's nest on their hilltop house. Um, Mark put his career first and ended up leaving Jersey for London. He, he's, it sounds like he may have kept his Jersey home though. Mm -hmm. So he was able to go off and and travel to London to work. That's what people do when they're rich. They keep homes and then you can rent them out or just stay in whatever. It's there for you when you want to come back. And then that's an appreciating asset because Mm -hmm. usually house values go up. And then people that have a lot of money have a lot of real estate usually. I would love to have that. Yes. I'd be like, let's go to our home in Paris. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and you're like Allison you don't speak like that you were born in Oaklawn Illinois but I say (laughs) get yourself together Um, so he basically put all his eggs in the work basket (coughs) it makes sense being financed that you know he'd be moved into London and checking that out sure big city yeah you said he worked for a big uh, bank and everything a lot of finance in London yeah so he, he basically was a workaholic he worked long hours and if he was home, he was by himself watching movies and getting takeaway, because hmm. that's what we say in England. Probably some Indian. Yeah. Like mm. curry. Man, would it be nice to have an Indian place right down the street? It's one of my favorite foods. So good. Good to know. Anywho, Nicholas and Elizabeth spent money at a rate that just was not sustainable. Hmm. You know, 
They had a lot of uh, social obligations, lots of traveling, so it was money was flowing. Well, that's the problem, you know. If you ha- you have no money coming in, you got to really manage the money that's there. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it sounds like they had some trust funds, especially Nicholas, like old money from what do you say, shipping or whatever. Yeah, shipping. So business. I, I would imagine he would have quite a big chest of money, perhaps. And again, they also invested, but they were often making poor investment decisions. So mm. you know, they could have been really funneling their money out. Yeah. Um, They lived a life of luxury in Jersey as well as Spain. They were partying with friends whenever they had the chance. They lived by the philosophy that life was to be lived and enjoyed and to live in the present. So they're basically socialites. They really, they really were. Yeah. I mean, they didn't really bring anything to society. Um, Well, they were teachers. Barely. Barely. But yeah, they liked to party and live their lives. I mean, that's great. If you can do that, God bless you. Go for it. And I think you should always have the philosophy that life is to be lived because we're working for a reason. You know, we're saving our money. You got to take those trips. You got to experience things like because you're going to look back in like five years and be like, I didn't do anything in five years. I have more money, but it's like for what? What's it doing for me? Right. So that's why my biggest thing is travel. Like I just I'm very passionate about that. I'd rather take an awesome European trip than get granite countertops. Like, yeah, I'd like to somehow manage bowl. (laughs) That's my (laughs) M.O. My M.O. Uh, We're talking about cheapo here. Yeah, we're uh, let's let's go take some trips. I would love to. I mean, going to Europe is such a dream of mine. So, you know, they had that philosophy and they really stuck to it. So as good as Mark was with money, Roderick struggled. He had issues making ends meet while in the army. So during one summer on leave, he was back in Jersey. He had asked his mom for help in paying for his bills. Elizabeth wanted him to be more financially stable like Mark, so she refused to help him. This made um, Roderick so enraged at her refusal that he punched his mother whoa your mother he punched his mother oh god this is roderick roderick yeah he's the guy that has roderick is a hothead oh that's so terrible yes i mean can you imagine cameron punching me cameron is our 13 year old i would do bad things like it's just like you don't punch a a, your mother a woman you know i mean if you're uh, if woman's coming at you punching you in the face go ahead defend yourself but it's like such a like tantrumy baby reaction it's like you were told no so you're gonna raise your fist and punch me that's like that's certifiable like you gotta be put into jail for that i mean that's just sickening really absolutely gross so elizabeth ended up forgiving roderick but when mark heard about what happened he was shocked and disgusted but at the same time he kind of wasn't that surprised yes his brother he was himself scared of roderick because he knew that he was so easy to fly off the handle yeah obviously you punch your own mom you're definitely a problem yeah it's like get your shit together so by the mid-1980s roderick's anger and resentment towards his parents continued to grow he was very concerned because he was seeing them spend without care on their lavish lifestyle. With this, his nest egg is dwindling. It's, he's watching it shrink before his eyes. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's not yours to have, but at the same time, like, they got it from their parents. Like, can I have some of it, too? And then you're like, you're just out there wasting it? Like, mm-hmm. how dare you? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one. So in order to replete their draining account, Nicholas and Elizabeth decided to sell their Jersey Hilltop home in 1987. The crow's nest. Yeah, the crow's nest was sold. They decided to purchase a small bungalow at a much less cost. So, you know, smart financial decision. Yeah. Um, Mark and Roderick were heartbroken 
though, because that was their childhood home. I probably bought them like a million dollars or something. Yeah. So, but they also feared that their inheritance was draining away, like I said. Yeah. Well, you know, childhood homes, it's like you, you attach like these emotions to a thing and it's like someday you're going to leave this house. Like right. someday. So may as well, I mean, if you make the, the best financial decision. And like, you know, it's just like kind of get over it. My childhood home was sold as I graduated high school. So I've been out of my childhood home since I was 18. My parents sold our Illinois house and moved to Florida. So my parents still live in my kind of childhood home. It was your childhood home. You were there since you were in fifth grade. Fifth grade, yeah. So and I'm I'm actively trying to get them to sell it. So if somebody wants to buy a home in Orland Park, Illinois, let me know. It's a really nice, beautiful property. Yeah, nice property right on the lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the bulk of the Newell's money was invested in the insurance markets. In early 1986, Mark urged his parents to withdraw their money, predicting a downturn in the markets. They did not heed his advice. And on Monday, October 5th, 1987, as Mark got to work, he discovered that the insurance market had crashed. Oh, no, that sucks. Now Mark's going to be flying off the handle. Now, again, Mark is the level-headed responsible one. However, this was a big thing because he warned them. He said, you got to get your money out. Yeah. They didn't. That's the worst when you say, like, something's going to happen, and it happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So on further digging, Mark found that his parents would need to pay a lifetime of annual fees to the insurance market, amounting to hundreds of thousands of pounds that would completely drain their assets. Every year, they would have to pay this. Because of the investment that they made, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. They probably were leveraged or something and actually owed money. There's a I don't to- know a damn thing about anything you're saying. So there's a way to... It's kind of borrowing money. It's essentially borrowing money and betting that the stock market's going to go up, usually. There's also a way to do it that betting is going to go down, but um, you, most people do it betting it's going to go up. And you get like 10 times the amount of money you actually have. So if you put in 100 bucks, you get like 100000 basically. It's gambling, yeah, really. Totally. It is. And so if that investment goes way down, you actually owe yeah. shitloads of money. And they owed shitloads of money. Yes, that's probably what happened. That they'd have to pay back for the rest of their living days. Right. So... Um, Basically, it would continue on until their deaths. Hmm. So Mark informed Roderick of what happened. <laughs> Roderick's like getting his gloves on. He's like, well, here we go. Here and we so go. again, the market crashed on October 5th. So this is now moving on to like October 9th-ish. Roderick contacts Mark with the idea of meeting up at their parents' house for a surprise celebration for their mom's 48th birthday. At this time, just to give you an idea, Nicholas was 56 years old, so he was older than his wife. Mm -hmm. So at this point, Roderick was 22 and Mark was 21. They're young. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about like old flats here and there. They're young. Yeah, I'm picturing like late 20s or something. Nope. Nope. Very early 20s. Yeah. So on Friday, October 9th, 1987, Mark and Roderick flew back home to Jersey. Elizabeth booked a reservation for the following evening at the Seacrest Hotel. At 11 a.m. that morning, which was Saturday, October 10th, Roderick drove a rented van to the capital of Jersey and purchased never good things, unless you're doing some gardening, perhaps. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Two shovels, two tarps, two flashlights, so maybe you're gardening at night, who knows. Batteries, a pickaxe, a saw, a rope, heavy-duty plastic, and upholstery cleaner. Oh, jeez. You know, maybe he was going to garden and his shoes would get dirty, which would then track onto the carpet, so then he wanted to clean the carpet. Right. You never know. All verifiable things. That makes sense. You know, if somebody is at your checkout counter and they're purchasing these things, (laughs) you might want to memorize that face. Right, right. (laughs) Um... So as Roderick was doing this, his mom was home. She was clearing out some of their old belongings like Mark and Roderick's when they were younger because, of course, they've moved from the crow's nest to the smaller bungalow. They need to make space. 
So um, this included nunchucks. Is that how you say it? Uh, is I it nunchucks? So. I don't. It depends how it's spelled, I guess. And well, it's spelled it. with n-u-n. Yeah. So just say nun. Nunchucks. Yeah. I always thought it was nunchucks. Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think that's a standard thing. I mean, it's it's yeah, and you spell. I think both is acceptable. Okay. So um, this included a thing of Roderick's, which was nunchucks, that he used when he was younger in practicing martial arts. Mm -hmm. So at 6 p.m. that evening, the family began to get ready for dinner when Nicholas realized, again, with their big social life, that he had double booked themselves that evening. And Mm -hmm. they had planned to get together with a friend who shared Elizabeth's birthday. So to kind of balance out the both plans that uh, evening they headed out at around 7 p.m to grab a quick drink with their friends they left a bottle of champagne at home for their sons to enjoy until they got home and headed out to the reservations so that evening mark volunteered to be the designated driver but his car was having trouble so he drove roderick's rented van to the parents house and arrived at 8 p.m the supplies that roderick had purchased earlier that day sat in the backseat of the van. Whether Mark noticed them or not, who knows? We yeah. don't know. Well, you see some shovels and tarps and stuff, and you're like, okay, well, he's doing some Yeah, but Roderick doesn't live there. He's right. visiting. Oh. Like, what in the hell are you <laughs> purchasing shovels for when you're here just to celebrate your mom's birthday? Maybe like a anniversary hole or birth- Yeah, maybe he was going to, like, dig a, for a lemon tree mm-hmm. to signify his mom's 48th birthday. Mm-hmm. You never know. So, um... The boys arrived at their parents' house at 8.04 p.m., though their parents were still nowhere to be found. And it sounds like they didn't communicate that they were going to their friend's house. So they were like, where's mom and dad? Hello, we're going yeah. to dinner. So soon their parents arrived back from their friend's house. Um, Nicholas opened the champagne for the family to enjoy before they headed to dinner. At 9.15 p.m., the family headed out for dinner. <coughs> Pardon me. I know it's annoying. At 9.30 p.m., the family sat at the dinner table um, at the Seacrest Hotel. Mark drank soda while the rest of the family drank through two bottles of champagne and three bottles of wine, keeping in mind they had already enjoyed a bottle of champagne at home. That's pretty good. (coughs) Two bottles of champagne, three (coughs) bottles of wine between three people. Yeah, and Nicholas and Elizabeth had gone for drinks at their friend's house. Right, right. So at least a bottle of wine each and a couple, three bottles of champagne between the three of them. Yeah, it was a lot of alcohol. So they drank through all of this alcohol as they enjoyed their seafood dinner. Nicholas and Elizabeth were celebrating not only Elizabeth's birthday, but also the fact that their whole family was together again. Yeah. Because obviously they're kind of scattered all over. Something to celebrate for sure. Exactly. So Mark treated the family to dinner that night, and at midnight, they arrived back home. I'm like, oh my gosh, you have dinner at 10 p.m.? <laughs> Who has dinner at 10 p.m.? Like we talked about last time. What are you, people on cocaine? <laughs> exactly. Party animals. Yeah. So um, when they got home, Mark basically headed out. He went back to his Jersey house almost immediately, driving Roderick's van home. Elizabeth soon headed to bed, and Nicholas and Roderick opened a bottle of their favorite scotch. So wow. apparently, the multiple bottles of champagne and wine, they wanted a nightcap. Well, if you're people that are <laughs> constantly out, like, you know, having fun with friends and stuff, they probably drink a lot. And having, you know, when we used to drink uh, a lot more, that wasn't a lot for me. But, you know, if I, I could have easily have a bottle of wine, some champagne, and maybe some scotch. No problem. Yeah. No problem. I, I'd probably have been under the table, but. Yeah, you're small. <clears throat> so um, they were basically having a nightcap, just Nicholas and Roderick. Roderick, father-son time. So um, they started to discuss Roderick's life in the army and where he saw it going. 
At 1.30 a.m., Roderick told his father that he wanted to leave the army. Nicholas was stunned and very disappointed with this, with this news. Hmm. The two began to fight, both intoxicated at this point. Nice. Those yeah. are always the worst, you know? Like, it's, you're going to do something you regret. <laughs> Never have a important conversation when you're intoxicated. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes they're easier when, you, when you're intoxicated. No way. God, what a horrible idea. If you're wasted, you shouldn't be having conversations about life changes. Wasted is different than intoxicated. Well, they were intoxicated. They had had several bottles of wine. Wasted is what you mean. Well, they were intoxicated. Yeah, I mean, a little drunk, a little buzzy. I think that's the best time. To I have a think good they were probably beyond buzzed at this point. Okay. Yeah, um, for sure. So Elizabeth had just gone to bed. So she was eavesdropping at the door. She heard Roderick accuse his father of neglect. Nicholas told his son to leave. He's like, get out of here. Roderick refused. So Nicholas, Nicholas pushed Roderick. He fell and struck his head on the table as he fell. Mm. <clears throat> Roderick at this point was filled with rage and grabbed the nunchucks. It was the first thing he saw. It was literally just sitting in a box there because yeah. his mom was organizing that day. So he grabs the nunchucks and begins striking his father repeatedly. Oof, you, you get one hit to the head from the nunchucks and you're, you're in bad shape. It's no joke. Yeah. So he was repeatedly striking him in the head as Elizabeth was watching in horror. I mean, these are like hard wooden staffs, basically, that are probably, you know, two feet long each or something like that, a foot and a half long each. <laughs> and that's, I mean, solid wood. Like, imagine getting basically hit on the head with a... Like a baseball bat. Yeah, right, basically. Um, my brother had nunchucks, um, of course. Of course he did. Of course he did. <laughs> he had nunchucks and those Chinese stars. Yeah, that's what they called them. Yeah, um, that we would, like, throw into wood. He used to get them from, like, magazines and stuff. And, uh, yeah, well, nunchucks because of the, you know, that was big, like, from, you know, Cobra Kai and, like, Karate well, Kid. wasn't it, like, Teenage um... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What was... Not Jackie Chan. Who was the other guy? I don't know if he did nunchucks. Was it... Bruce Lee? Bruce Lee, yeah. I don't know. If I don't know, I but... I mean, sure, you know, he was a master of a lot of things, but <clears throat> I, I picture him for his, like, one-inch punch or something. He'd be like, Ugh. So I actually hit myself in the head with nunchucks before. I could see that. They're Not, like, hard. on a full swing, but where it, like, like swung back. <clears throat> yeah, it hit me right in the head. It, it didn't feel good, so... This is, he's striking his father at full force yeah. in the head. And a guy that's trained in these things, too. Yeah. So, again, Elizabeth is seeing this happen. So, she backs into the bedroom as Roderick begins striking her in the head, oh, just no. as he did his father. Both parents now lay dead, bludgeoned to death by their son. I so, wonder if he planned this. Like, I know, obviously, he <laughs> planned that he bought the shovels and crap. But, like, I wonder if he would have just gone had his head not hit the table or if that's he just saying that we don't really we'll know. we'll find out a little tiny bit more as the story goes on okay so elizabeth ended up suffering from seven head wounds and L nicholas had eight head wounds the house was sprayed with their blood oh man so now roderick is in panic mode you're looking like i gotta clean all this like and to like, get away with it what am i gonna do basically you gotta turn yourself in it seems like but and i'm sure he didn't i'm sure that sobered him up real quick yeah so he calls his brother Mark for help. Bud, I just killed our parents. Can you, you imagine you getting that phone me. call? Buddy. You're home after a celebration dinner and you get a phone call from your brother just an hour or so later that he's killed your parents. Oh, man. So he told, Rod, or he told Mark that if you don't come and help me, I'm going to kill myself. So Mark gets in his car and speeds over to his parents' house. There he helped Roderick with the cleanup. They wrapped their parents' bodies in tarps, of course. Roderick had these tarps. He purchased them, yep. which is concerning. 
um, you know, Mark's probably like, where the hell you got those out of your van? Right, right. As <clears throat> Yeah, as Mark's coming, he's like, oh, you happen to have two you, tarps. You had these. Let me guess, you have two shovels. <laughs> so they placed their parents' bodies in Roderick's van, and they drove to a wooded area at the north end of the island behind where their childhood home stood. They lit a bonfire, burned their parents' clothes and possessions, including Nicholas's pipe that he had smoked, in his glasses. They dug a trench and buried their parents' bodies and headed back to the house to the big job of their cleanup. So um, they turned up the heat after they were done in order to help dry the carpets because they had a crap load of blood. Of course... Um, Roderick had purchased the upholstery cleaner. Again, it's like, oh, now you're pulling upholstery cleaner out of your van. Yeah. You seem pretty prepared for this. <laughs> so and he's probably telling him, like, oh, my dad and I got in an, in an argument and uh, I hit him. I shouldn't have. I don't know. But it's And like, then it's like, oh, now mom's involved too. Like, yeah. So um, Roderick then took some of his parents' things and items that they used to clean up the blood. They burned them in a ne- nearby field. So the next day, Mark and Roderick left Jersey. Mark flew back to his home in London, and Roderick headed back to the military base. Um, Of course, (laughs) they're leaving, you know, and doing nothing else. Like, their parents' house is just sitting there empty. So, again, the Newells were very social people. Very social, yeah. People are going to come looking for them and calling them, and they're not going to answer, and things are going to be checked out very quickly. Exactly. So, of course, friends are soon worried. They were unable to reach them. Their friend David Ellum went to the Newell's house and found five days of unopened mail there, as well as a hole in the roof. I guess a really bad storm had rolled through. Oh, wow. So there's just a hole sitting in the roof that obviously they would have had repaired had they been there. So you know before then that they were gone. And they would have been told by their friends that they were leaving. Because, of course, they could have. They had a yacht. They had the villa in Spain. They wouldn't have just left like that. Right. So... Um, of course, they immediately call Roderick and Mark. Hey, we can't find your parents. You know, we're worried. <laughs> so, Roderick's like, whoa, really? <clears throat> whoa. Oh, no. I got to check this out. I just smoked a joint. <laughs> On the base. On the army base. <laughs> I'm part of the Green Berets. Right. <laughs> Was it the Green Berets? I don't, something beret, yeah. Um. So they fly back to Jersey, you know, acting as concerned sons. Yeah. And then the police are contacted as well. So detective inter- detectives interviewed both Mark and Roderick. Obviously, they went to dinner that night. They were likely the last people to see their parents. Right. So they're being interviewed. They spoke with Mark first. Detectives said he appeared normal during their discussion. Mm. However, while they were having their discussion, they wanted them to be separate. Sure, to match their <clears> stories. Of course. But during their discussion, Roderick continued to bust into the room, saying he wanted to be part of the conversation. <laughs> Never a good luck. No, no. I mean, that's not guilty, but it's, it is it's, something. It's that, a red flag. Yeah. So the detective said when he was barging back into the room, he was very agitated in, de- in his demeanor. Okay. So the boys claimed to have spent the night at Mark's house, returning to their parents' house the next morning for breakfast and lunch. They said they left Sunday afternoon around 3 p.m. While they were there, their mom's friend Maureen Ellum, who was married to David, who came to the house and saw the mail there, had brought flowers for Elizabeth because, of course, it's it's her birthday. But they told her that Elizabeth was still sleeping. But it sounds like it was pretty late in the day. Like, But again, they went out, they drank, so maybe she was still sleeping. Mm-hmm. So they said that when they left back to go to their own homes, everything was normal. They were both consistent in the story. And um, they said, again, that each had slept the night at Mark's house. They both said that. But then they started to get screwed up 
in little details. Like, where did you sleep in Mark's house? Oh, I slept on the couch. Oh, I slept in the room. The one said the other. Well, why wouldn't... I mean, they slept there. They probably both did, right? No, they didn't, because uh, Roderick was at his parents' house attacking his parents. Well, I mean... They he slept, never went back to Mark's but house But they slept at some point that night, right? No, they cleaned... They buried their all parents night? and burnt... Like, cleaned. They stayed up all night? They stayed up all night okay. erasing the murder. They yeah. never went to Mark's house to sleep. That's a big red flag. So, little details were not consistent. Yeah. Where they slept at Mark's house. Little things like that. So, um... Jersey police considered this a missing persons case and organized a huge search of the island, finding nothing. The residents of the island could not understand what could have happened to the couple. Forensic scientists spent four days combing through the interior of the house. They found blood stains stains in the lounge and in the bedroom. Of course, the carpet didn't show it. It was when they pulled it back mm -hmm. because they cleaned. Right. Um, it, it's exactly what happened. They found that the blood in the lounge matched Nicholas. The blood, in, the blood in the bedroom matched Elizabeth. Right. So now it's obvious that this is a murder case, not a missing persons case. There were cloth fibers found that matched the towels that were stored in the kitchen. Um, <clears throat> police concluded again it was a double murder. And Mark and Roderick were told what the detectives found. Both had no comment. Hmm. Police now believed. Like, yep, we're staying quiet from mm -hmm, here on out. Got to shut my mouth. Yep. Police wholeheartedly believed that the two sons were involved in this because, again, they were the last people to see their parents. Yeah. Um. That, but they had nothing to charge them on at this point. So hundreds of volunteers. Well, they got to find a weapon or something like that. <clears throat> exactly. They're just suspicion right now. Yes, very strong suspicion. Hundreds of volunteers came together to look for their bodies because, again, it's an island. There's only so many places they could go. It's yeah, five, five miles by miles nine. So. Yeah, five by nine. Yeah. So I, that's why you were. I was surprised. You said there was a, a manhunt and everybody went searching and they didn't find anything. I'm like, that's not much of a hunt because, I mean, you would find the graves, right? You would think. Yeah, they didn't. Okay, not initially, but. Helicopters were involved, dogs, radars, nothing. Nothing was found. Hmm. Soon, Mark and Roderick headed back to their own lives, and the case basically hit a dead end. I did hear at one point that they also found the bonfire with the burned items. Mm -hmm. Some of the stories, like, were inconsistent, but I did read that. You would think. I mm -hmm. mean... <laughs> Weird. Well, again, it's not a huge place. Right. Like, you know, in the U.S. or whatever, or wherever you are, you can drive thousands of miles away to do these things. Sure. You only have so much space here. However, you do have the sea. Right. They could have put their, their parents' bodies in That's the sea. would have been the smart thing, I guess. Although maybe they'd, you know, <clears throat> bloat eventually and start floating, as we know. Yeah. I hate to talk so crassly. I know. You know it's but... it's terrible, because we're talking about two human beings. Right. So, uh, yeah. That's, uh, you know, you'd want them to decompose and eventually just go away. And I'm sure at this point, Roderick can... Uh, Mark are just you know feeling like they got away with it. Like mm -hmm. they're like, okay, okay, I think uh, I think we're good. Yep, and especially now we're moving on to January third, nineteen ninety one. Over three years after the murders, the Newells were officially declared dead. The inheritance, because they're declared dead, is now up for grabs. Mm -hmm. Well, the sole beneficiary beneficiaries are the two boys. Sure. So um, they they inherited just under one million pounds. Roderick then left the army and brought, bought himself a yacht. I heard he bought a yacht or he took his parents' yacht. There were two different stories there. Regardless, he was sailing around the southern Atlantic. He arrived in Brazil in early 1992. He met a woman named Helen, Helena. 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 I would say Helena. <clears throat> Helena Pado. You know, from here. So I don't know how they Thank you. it there. 
uh, you know, this cold medicine just doesn't sit right in the brain. Okay. And they um, lived together for six months. So he's, he kind of settled in Brazil for a bit and lived with this woman. Mark continued to excel in his career in banking. He owned homes in London and Paris. Mm. And five years after the murders, they were no closer to being solved. I wow. mean, and again, as the years pass, it's like it starts to kind of taper and fade away. Yeah, the feelings and stuff. You're you like, know, okay. the yeah, momentum. Kind of about it a little bit. The momentum fades. Yeah. So on the outside, Roderick's looking like he's living the dream. He's sailing around. He's not working. But on the inside, he was being eaten alive he by parents. what he did. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, he, I, I'm surprised he has a conscience. I was actually very surprised by that. Yeah. I did not think he would give a flying hoot. Right. But he did. Hey, watch your language. I know. I'm so sorry. Thank you. So in July of 92, Roderick sailed back to the UK to visit Aunt Nancy. Um, during one evening, he let it slip that he knew how his parents died. He just wanted to get it off he his chest. He had to get it off his chest. Yeah, it's like they say like if you if you cheat on your loved one or something and it's like over like don't don't bring it up because you're only helping yourself here. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're going to hurt somebody else and help yourself and ultimately it's a net negative. It's a very interesting thing, guilt. Yeah. Yeah, like so he's getting just, that need to just get it off your chest. Yeah. So I guess he was being kind of cryptic about it. He basically told Aunt Nancy you you wouldn't understand what happened, but didn't delve into any kind of details. Mm. So Aunt Nancy, and Aunt Nancy probably doesn't want to know either. I mean, this is her sister and yeah. her brother-in-law. I mean, I guess she does want to know. Yeah. Well, yeah, she does want to know. Get some closure, exactly. So <clears throat> Aunt Nancy called the police, who then contacted Stephen Newell, um, the brother Nicholas's brother, who agreed to take part in a surveillance operation. I guess Roderick was going to be making his way to see Uncle Stephen. They were going to be meeting up. Good. So Stephen agrees, and Roderick met his father's twin brother. So Stephen was Nicholas's twin <clears throat> at the Dunkfield House Hotel. The Jersey detectives arranged to have the conversation recorded with the help of Scottish police. Nice. Little did Roderick know, as he's talking with his uncle, two rooms away, they have a whole, like... Setup. Setup of people. Well, like, the, you, you picture the, the things spinning. And exactly. Like a couple guys in there with headphones, like, okay, who here's what he's yep, going to say. Yep, that's exactly what was going on. Yeah. So, initially, the conversation was just surface level. What have you been up to? You know, because he's been sailing around for a very long time. <laughs> It'd be a little fishy if he's like, so, what'd you do with your parents? <laughs> exactly. So, Uncle Steven's playing it cool. They're just chit-chatting, catching up. But, finally, Steven told Roderick that he had received an odd call from Aunt Nancy and asked him what that was all about, what he said to her. Good. And this changed the course of conversation, and Roderick began to talk, describing in detail how he beat his parents to death. So he really laid all his cards on the table. I think he dipped his toe in the water with Aunt Nancy and then just dove in. Yeah, with Uncle, Mark, Uncle Steven. Steve, Uncle Steven's like, you know, allowing him to take the, you know, the, the cork out. Yep. Yeah. He did say that Mark's involvement included burying his parents, helping mm. to bury his parents. When Roderick finished his horrifying story, Steven could only say, why? And Roderick's reply was, you wouldn't understand because I don't understand. Mm. So, despite the confession, Jersey police didn't have the jurisdiction in Scotland to arrest Roderick. What the hell? That's crazy. Yep. Oh. You got all those red tape, all that, all those, you know, yeah. hoops you got to jump through. So they needed to follow him back to London. Just after 7 p.m., Roderick left the hotel, completely unaware that unmarked police cars were following him. <laughs> However, 
he was in the army, you know, he was trained to be aware of his surroundings. Mm -hmm. Well, he had to have found out and looked in his rearview mirror because the police said he began to speed up and do a lot of zigging and zagging. Take a couple left turns and be like, okay, yep, this guy's following me. Exactly. So he got his speed as high as 100 miles per hour, but then he would slow down, clearly again wise to the fact that he was being followed. Mm -hmm. He pulled off and was somehow able to avoid the police, get to his boat, and sail away. Wow. So he got away. Wow. Um, But then over a week later, he was spotted in Gibraltar. Okay. And the police called the Royal Navy, and after two, a two-day pursuit, Roderick was found 150 miles southwest of Gibraltar. On August 6, 1992, Roderick was arrested, and about the same time, Mark was arrested at his flat in Paris by French police. Mm. There, propped on his windowsill of his Paris flats, sat the receipt from their, their dinner from the family's last meal. Wow. Yeah, it's like he saved it. I mean, yeah. it was literally just propped on the windowsill. Wow crazy and this was years later it's not like it was framed or anything no just propped wow so you must have been thinking about it yes i'm sure i mean you dug a friggin hole and put your parents bodies in there that were wrapped in tarp man that was his bad thing just helping him do it like just he should have been like you got to go to the police i know like this isn't gonna end well i think he was afraid of roderick i really do you're probably right yeah so the Gibraltar courts deemed the confessions inadmissible and the police were left to find more evidence. Well, I was wondering because it wasn't his, you can't record somebody without their permission, I don't think. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, he said what he did. I was, as you were saying it, I'm like, I don't think this will be allowed in court, but we'll find out here. Uh, it that blows sucks. my mind. Yeah, because uh, you're like entrapping them or something. It's, I don't, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know why it's illegal. It's I'm a friggin' sure confession. Yeah, yeah, but not meant to be a confession to the authorities. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but a lot of people won't confess to the authorities right. so they began to search his boat they found a book that contained the name of the woman he lived with in brazil helena thank you <laughs> <laughs> so they went down to brazil to speak with helena is that my saying that right let's just go with it how are you saying it helena is how i say it and it might be <laughs> helena for her but oh let's just say God. helena i'm sorry helena. i want to stay consistent i'm helena. sorry helena. so helena told them that roderick had confessed to her oh and she didn't tell anybody she didn't tell anybody i mean i get it because uh i mean you're technically you're supposed to you know, yeah based on the law but. yep so he's like she's like yes he told me he killed his parents okay so they have witnesses now <clears throat> yes so now they're able to do something okay so they're not witnesses but people that can say that he did yes yeah. so roderick was extradited to stand trial in jersey with his brother on the flight to jersey police showed roderick a map map of jersey asking them where could we find the bodies of nicholas and elizabeth he held a pen and rolled it around an area of the map, marking a spot where he recalls them being buried. Police said at this point, Roderick had a look of despair, knowing it was over. Yeah. So as they arrived... Kind of, he probably uh, relieved a little bit, too. I'm sure, because it was all on his chest, right. haunting him, as yep. it should have been. Yep. So as they arrived in Jersey, police immediately took Roderick to the spot that he had marked on the map. That night, they followed Roderick around in handcuffs, bringing detectives up and down this really hilly, grassy area. 
and they totally believed he knew exactly where they were buried and he was completely screwing with well, them. Well, I was like where he recalled. It's like you know where you buried your You know damn parents. well on this little island where yeah. you buried them. Yeah, it's probably been eating you alive <clears throat> for years. Like I know you can take us within 10 feet yeah, immediately. But he was screwing with the police officers. So the police began to dig using mechanical diggers. They kept at it for three days, unable to find the bodies. Finally, they saw a foot and found the bodies of Nicholas and Elizabeth buried head to toe, tightly wrapped in tarps. They said that they were basically wrapped so tightly that it it kind of preserved their bodies in a way. It's very sad. That's what I was wondering. Like, you got to have the dirt touching the skin in order, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean... and oxygen. I only know? think that because we have a compost bin in the back, you know, and <coughs> it's just, ah, it's disgusting to even think about. It's but, it's horrific. Yeah. Nicholas was found in the jacket that he had worn to their celebratory dinner and Elizabeth was in her nightgown. The bodies were removed and post-mortem examination was done. Roger confessed to the murders, saying that he killed his parents in a fit of rage. After six years, Roderick was found guilty of murder, and Mark was convicted of assisting in the crime in the conspiracy to conceal it. Yep. On August 8th, 1994, Roderick began a double life sentence, and Mark received six years. Mm. Roderick continued to say that the murders were not premeditated, but... Oh, shit. You bought the, the, all the shit. Yes. And um, hold on. I'm going to take a sip of my coffee. No. I mean, you bought tarp. You bought shovels. I can't remember the other things. But Pickaxe. Was, pickaxe. Like, <clears throat> you can't. It's impossible. Maybe they weren't. Maybe you were, you had second thoughts, but you definitely bought this shit in the, like, with intent to yeah. bury your parents. Exactly. Not only that, but an autopsy showed high levels of phenobarbital in Nicholas's liver and stomach. And I know fem- phenobarbital as a epilepsy drug. Uh-huh. My aunt had epilepsy, Ampernese. Okay. So she took that drug. But I guess it's also used as a sedative. I don't think Nicholas must have been prescribed this drug. But there was question whether it was prescribed or had he been drugged. Right. So that they By don't... Roderick. They really don't know the answer to that. Huh. You would think that his mom would be his first uh, like target, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, that's interesting. The pathologist also found six, lacer- six lacerations at the back of Nicholas's head that didn't come from the nunchucks. Huh. So Roderick, you know, said he only used that in a fit of rage. It was the first thing that he grabbed. It's not consistent. Well, what if um, these digging, <clears throat> automated digging tools like scrapped it? No, it appeared to have been from a pickaxe. Oh, my God. It was, a, you know, a small point. Well, he's like, oh, I bought it. May as well use it. But they wondered at what point did that happen? Maybe I was burying him or something. No, because they were already dead. Yeah. So well, he, was he would already... have had gone to the van to, to take it. Yeah, but and I his don't story had... said, I grabbed the closest thing to me and just began oh, right. in a fit of un... You know, ah, planned rage. So the story might not be accurate. The story is not showing to be accurate. Okay. And they'll never know. Right. They'll never know because he's sticking with what he said. Okay. So it could all be, yeah. This, it, this could all be bullshit. Yeah. Be like, all right, well, have a great night, guys. And it's like he goes to his car, gets his pickaxe. Well, and, and then drugged his father with yeah. a sedative, possibly. Right. right. They don't know. And also, does Mark know more than what he's leading to to the police? You would th- I, I kind of trust Mark a little bit yeah, more Yeah, I'm thinking Mark... His story is what it what I mean, it was. What else? They can't give him any more time. I mean, they they they're being nice to him, giving him only six years, basically. But. However, Mark was released May twenty third, nineteen ninety six, after serving only twenty months. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it, he he. I get it. Like, especially if his story is like, I was afraid, you know, he's punched my mother before. I thought he'd kill me. 
I just you know wanted to do whatever he wanted because you know he was a trained military officer. You know, sure. you can you can definitely make your story pretty convincing. Yeah, he was a head case. He's yeah. trained in the military. I'm scared shitless of the guy. Right, yeah. right. And how many months you said he's twenty. Twenty months. So yeah, two, almost two years. Okay, so. I mean, Former Detective Inspector Graham Nimmo, who worked on the case for two years before retiring in 1990, criticized the decision for early release, saying that the brothers cost the island and authorities a tremendous amount of money. Yeah, but how are you going to get it back? Him staying in jail longer? That's going to get your money back? Well, he's like, it was basically a slap on the wrist, is what it was. Yeah, it is. I, but I mean, I don't, I, I, I kind of support the time what do you think i mean i don't you he lied he was interviewed by these police officers and lied and lied and lied and let them go on this wild goose chase through the island and like he this detective inspector said the investigation took longer than the time that mark served and many 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 arduous hours were spent searching for the missing couple he said that all the lies mark told caused the case to drag on which caused distress to the family who didn't know what happened to them well i mean the the all the lies afterwards came from the lie in the initial time that he didn't do anything i mean yeah it doesn't matter how many times you lied it's just you know that it's all from the same event yeah so i don't know he wanted him to serve at least four and a half years of his six-year sentence okay guy like you you don't make up the the yeah i mean he doesn't now this is the part that i don't understand so roderick is given a double life sentence yeah. He was released on my birthday, May 24th, 2007, after serving 12 years. That's completely fucked. I don't even know how that happened. How? I'm, well, Mark must have paid somebody or something like that. I'm sorry if I, I don't know. I don't know if that's possible. Yeah, I don't know if that's possible or if that <clears throat> happens. I don't know if I get in trouble for saying that. But He killed both of his parents, buried them, and lied, and got 12 years pr- prison Something's sentence. Something's fishy there. Something's Double life fishy. sentence. Right. I'm confused, and I couldn't find out why. Say what you will about the death penalty, you know, like, uh, you know, whether that's, like, moral or not, but it's, like, (laughs) you would think out of a double life sentence, meaning, I heard this, like, comedian say it, meaning that he has to die, and then if he was born again, again. then he would, like, have to go to jail again, and then he'd have to die again. That's what it means to me, but apparently it only means 12 years. That is crazy. If this dude is out and about, like... Oh, this dude is out and about, and he has fallen off the face of the earth. Yeah, because he's a scumbag, scary... So when found guilty, Roderick was banned from inheriting more of his parents' estate. I don't know who can oh, make that decision. Wow. But you killed them. You're gonna get their money? Well, I mean, who decides that? I don't know. <laughs> you know, like I guess it, the laws. It doesn't matter if you're like a you know, a dictator that, you know, is responsible for genocide. If your family left you money, you still get it. I don't know. So however, Roderick remained close contact with Mark, who did have access to about half of the million pounds that were were left which of course mark is a smart guy he invests of course they believe it had gone up to about three million at this point mm-hmm. at the time that roderick was getting out of jail and they believe there's no doubt in their mind that he got at least a million pounds sure at least yeah so a report in 2006 indicated that roderick was on day release from ford open prison working as an it lecturer at a college hmm. And he was going by the name Rod Nelson. <laughs> the college principal said that Roderick should be allowed to get on with his life. 
Well, that's kind of funny because Elizabeth and Nicholas can't get on with their lives. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I find it bizarre. Like, wh- he viciously murdered his parents. Yeah, it wasn't an oh, accident. Oh, let him get on with his life. If it was like an accident or something, you know, that's one thing. But this is something premeditated. He definitely wanted to do it. Like, that's, yeah. I, I, this sickens me. I don't know how you can have that <laughs> thought, but he already served his time and he's he's fine. He I mean, describes... The one thing, I guess he's not going to... I'm pretty confident he probably won't kill other people, but... At the same time, like if he has a wife or something that crosses him, it's not against the... It was all money driven, really. He was disgusted that his parents kind of tossed him into boarding school and that he they were squandering his money. That happens to a lot of people and they don't kill their parents. You know, the whole thing, too, is like, it's not your money, dude. This is your parents' money. Right. You just chalk it up to, you know, there's people that like blame other people for a lot of things. And then there's people that are like, well, I got to pick myself up by my bootstraps and make the best of it. I think he felt like his parents owed him this money and they're blowing it. What's nice, you know, being from a rich family, he probably had plenty of contacts that could still make him a lot of money. So his parents are very social. I have no doubt his parents knew people that owned big businesses that he could probably get really good jobs from. Well, really Mark cushy. probably too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Mark, his brother, the finance guy. I mean, you know, he had options basically. Of like, course, but he was lazy. Yeah, but this isn't like somebody that comes from like nothing and then has no contacts and nothing. Like you have plenty of resources to make plenty of money here. But it all stemmed from that market crash. Yeah. Knowing that his parents were going to have to spend hundreds of thousands of pounds every year to pay back. Well, tough That's shit, what triggered him to plan this birthday celebration. He used his mom's birthday as an excuse uh, okay. to get him out there i guess i missed that that he planned it he planned it roger did it it all came immediately after he found out from mark that the market crashed and his parents lost <laughs> hey, everything let's get together yep that's exactly what <laughs> oh, it was man that's yeah there's yeah he's a you know what if you're a person that blames everybody for everything then stop it just like pick yourself own up. it do it i mean it sucks you know maybe you don't have a lot of options but just try to make the best you can of course there's kids that come from you know the lowest of the low their parents are on drugs and I mean, they're starting out with their odds so stacked against them. Yeah. And sometimes they end up being amazing people. This kid was given opportunity. He was sent to this private school. And yes, he was away from his family, but he had opportunity. He just wanted to sit and smoke pot and sail around the world. Yeah. That's what he wanted. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Uh, he didn't want to work for his money. No. So um, the same principal that said he should be able to get on with his life described Rod's Rod Nelson. I'm sorry. We're not talking about Roderick Newell any longer. Mm. He described his work as exemplary and (laughs) resulted in the offer of employment as a technician. So he was employed. He was released in 2007. Uncle Stephen said that he has forgiven the boys and they should be left alone. Mm. And that's it. They fall off the face of the earth there's nothing else there there's no other information beyond like 2006 i mean you could probably find mark on linkedin i would imagine oh i'm, I'm sure. sure unless he changed his name i don't know and off the top of your head do you know how old they are probably 50s 60s well this was in 1987 they were 21 and 22 so yeah. you do the math <laughs> 50s let's say 50s 60s not willing to do that yeah but, i yeah. well i've you, we know my brain's not computing so math isn't my strong suit to begin with let's see but. we're 20 30 like 35 years ish 30 i don't know so many no because that was 1987. Yeah. So we're 22 years into the 2000s. And so that's like another 13 years. I'm not going to have this conversation. 23 years. <laughs> I'm not going to have this conversation. 46, 50, something like that. It's got to be longer than that, right? Yeah. No. In 1987, we were like eight years old. 33 years, right? 80, it was eight. We were eight so years old. Now we're 42. Here, <laughs> oh, my God. Bear this with is, us, folks. This is really embarrassing. Okay. So we got 87. Round it oh, up my to, God. Allison, listen. Round it up to 90. Okay. 
That puts us 10 years into 2000. How many years into 2000 are we? I'm so uncomfortable right now. 2022, right? Yes. So that's 22 years plus 10 is is like 20, yeah, 20, 32. 32 years plus another three, 35. So 35 years older than 20, what, 26? They were 21 and 22. Okay. 34, 50, yeah, 55, 60-ish area. Okay. I think they're probably <laughs> You're older sweating. than that. You are sweating. <laughs> I'm sweating profusely. Yeah, you could talk. Let's just not talk about math anymore. <laughs> well, Let's talk for, about traveling. Yeah. Thanks for uh, for bearing with us. Yeah. There. Thank you so much. I'm so sorry that I'm not on my top You're game. You're fine. Don't, don't apologize. So uh, everything's good. So that was a stunning story. And, and Rod, Nelson, if you're listening, you're a piece of shit. And Get a job and don't kill your parents. How about that? Yeah. Let's yeah. live by that philosophy. Yeah. And I'm so... What happened to you sucked. I'm sorry that your parents spent all that money and like whatever, and, you know, crashed and whatever. But you have... Shit plenty, happens. You have resources that many people would love to have. So just freaking... And his parents were allowed to do whatever the hell they wanted to with their own damn money. Right, right. And that, sure, they inherited it from their parents and you didn't get some... At that Life happens. I never have the feeling that my parents like owe me anything. Like I don't look at their money as I'm a grown ass woman as mine. Right. Like my parents did decently well. I'm not expecting anything from anything. You I know? Just, like, I'm I gonna... just, they gave me an awesome opportunity. You know, they gave me a good education and you I'm... had your education paid for which was like you know more, more than most people can ever yeah. say most people are hundreds of thousands in debt for yeah. college so. and that's like more than i could have ever asked for right. i just don't expect anything from anybody it's like work your ass off do your own shit you got to live in jersey a spectacularly awesome place yeah your family had a yacht you were able to sail like this Look is good- inexcusable disgusting behavior that somehow resulted in 20 months and then 12 years for roderick i hope uh roderick can get some mental help and get through this crap because it just blame yourself, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. And so Mark, I don't even know what to say to him. Sad ending for Elizabeth and Nicholas, who yeah. had plenty of years of vivacious life ahead of them. But vivacious, you're a vivacious. Reader. You read books. It was snuffed out by a jealous rage. Yeah. Well, so, way to put that together. Good research. Until next time, we'll be back. And thank you all for being here. Thank you for being loyal to us and sending such nice reviews. We appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. We appreciate I it. I got to tell you, the community so far that has come together for the Crime and Coffee couple is like fantastic. You guys are so cool and like awesome. very complimentary. And like we want to keep this positive vibe going. Absolutely. I was actually sitting out at our son's baseball game yesterday talking to my mom because we haven't caught up about the podcast. And I was just like, these people are amazing. Like, like they send like nice notes and just like you guys are really good together thank you so much it means quite a bit it really does it boosts us up it keeps us going it puts that fire under our butts to do the research and give you guys good content because you deserve it you're here listening to us yeah 24 hours before the show i'm ready to start my research so <sighs> you know just reading those re- <laughs> hashtag this is my life yeah yeah so no thank you so much hey uh, i wish i had more coffee but i'm gonna cheers you anyways I'm until all done. next time yeah cheers bye, bye.